0: What's important? Really? That's the kind of question we're going to ask today. We're going to ask the question, what's important? Really? It is something that pain asks us. And if you've been following along, you know that we're looking at questions that are posed by pain. What's important? Really? This is a question that Abraham had asked of him, and we're going to delve into that moment in his life. I'd like you, if you would, if you have your Bibles with you, to open them to Genesis chapter 22, and there should be a UVersion Bible app available for you. I say there should be because the last couple weeks, I messed up and it wasn't there, and I'm sorry about that. But I think it's there this week, so that should be helpful to you uh, as we move forward. You know, in the past few weeks, uh, this pandemic, if it has done nothing else, it has caused us to ask the question, what's important, really? And some of us have found out that we need to make some life changes regarding our priorities. Because what we've actually done is we've recognized that we have classified some things as being essential that we're not. We thought they were really important, but they're not important, really. And that's a good thing, that we have time to examine that kind of thing. Pain asks us those kinds of questions. It seems kind of silly if you think that you and I would be people who would have to have to think about what's important, wouldn't we automatically know what's important? Wouldn't our priorities automatically be the way they should be? And yet, again and again, I find, and I'm guessing you do too, that we forget what's important, really. And when pain enters the scene, whether it's tragic pain or even just an inconvenience kind of pain, it asks that question. What's important, really? I think one of the reasons that pain asks that question is because pain interferes with our priorities. And you and I, we have a list of priorities. We've had it, practically speaking, from birth. Number one priority, the day you're born, food. You're going to eat, you're going to figure out where it is, and you're going to get it. There is very little more self-centered than a newborn, right? And over the years, we learn to refine, rearrange, and establish a list of priorities in our life that are things we know are important, and we're going to get them. We're going to keep others from messing with those priorities. We're going to have those priorities in line and carry them out. We like to think that our priorities are good and noble. In fact, we kind of like to think that they're honorable, that we're the kind of people who prioritize things correctly and maybe we do. Maybe they are noble. Maybe they are honorable. Pain will let you know if they are or not. Because pain addresses what's really important by unmasking your idols. Idols. (laughs) Pain reveals them. It unmasks things that maybe we hadn't allowed ourselves to see or allowed ourselves at least to admit. Idols. And by the way, Idols aren't always bad. I mean, in and of themselves, they might not be bad. What's bad is how we treat them. In fact, often, we make idols out of really good things, like your job. And I have to admit to you, in all honesty, that through the years, pain has revealed to me that I had made my ministry, my job, my vocation, my church family even, an idol. It's a really good thing, but we can make them into idols. Or like living well. It's good to be healthy and live well, but you can make that into an idol. Or even your own family. I mean, family is a good thing. It's a gift from God, but you can make it into an idol. So it's not that all idols are bad things. The problem is, how have you prioritized those things? What importance do they have in your life? How do you discover idols in your life? Maybe, maybe you could take a look at how you react when that something in your life is taken away from you. When your reaction to pain and to loss is over the top, then you're probably looking at an idol that's in your life. And pain helps us learn what idols we own. Notice, feeling pain about something you might have lost or something that is lacking, that doesn't mean that something is an idol. How you react to that pain, that will ask the question, what's important, really? As it interferes with our priority, pain takes away our sense of entitlement, and we all have a a sense of entitlement. You may not think that you have a sense of entitlement, but let me tell you that having a sense of entitlement and taking something for granted, those are almost one and the same kind of things. Amazon Prime delivery, two days or else, I'm entitled to that, right? Boca Java coffee, I just want to tell you if you haven't had it, you haven't had coffee. They had a fire. I haven't had Boca Java coffee for over a month. I'm entitled to that, right? But an unquestionable refund. Even though I wore these shoes out, I'd like to get my money back, please. I'm entitled to that, right? Now, those are kind of silly things. But honestly, we do feel a sense of entitlement concerning love, being loved, having family, having someone's time, having our own time, having me time, having friendships, having good health. And when those things are at risk, something happens in our thinking. And if we're discerning, we'll realize, wait a minute. I think maybe I misprioritized something. Maybe I felt entitled to things that really are a gift and not necessarily something that I should be taking for granted. You see, we're forced to consider what's important, really, when pain comes into our life, when loss is at our front door. I want to suggest something to you you might take objection to, and it's this. God sometimes lets pain enter our life. In fact, sometimes he brings it. Don't believe me? Ask Abraham. We're going to read uh, just over a dozen verses from Genesis chapter 22. Would you please follow along as I read this text? Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. (laughs) How painful do you think those words must have been to Abraham's ears? How painful was that commandment, given by God to Abraham's heart? Pain from the hand of God. Verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two servants, two of his servants, and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And I want to tell you, I'm guessing every step of that journey had to be painful. It must have hurt like crazy walking that distance with your son there. Let's continue at verse 4. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. How painful do you think that was? I mean, what is going through Abraham's heart and his mind when he hears that? It would be hard not to weep openly. Abraham answered in verse 8, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and rearranged the the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Did you hear that? And then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. Okay, if this was a movie right now, I'd be pressing pause. And I would look over at my wife and I would say, Are you sure you want to watch this? Because I don't like the direction this is headed. I just don't like anything about this. This is not a good story. Let's watch something different. You want to watch something different? I think a lot of us would do that. I'm not going to watch that. It's just too painful. But let's keep reading. Verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham! Abraham! Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do nothing to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld him. You have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of a son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Wow, pain. (laughs) It was speaking to Abraham. Pain was speaking to Abraham, and it was asking him, what's important, really? And Abraham answers that with with one word. What's important, really? God. That's Abraham's answer. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, what is it about God that really makes him important? Why should he be my priority? And honestly, when you prioritize something, you're giving it honor. If you make something a priority, you've made it honorable. If you prioritize your marriage, you're treating it with honor. If you prioritize your schoolwork, you are honoring it, giving it the first attention of your day. If you prioritize an event on your calendar, don't pencil it in, then you are honoring that event and you're protecting it so nothing else can move it out of place, can preempt it. Truth be told, there are many admirable things that people hold as priorities, many good priorities we have. People give themselves to caring for animals, caring for the environment, orphans, widows, even your own family. Those are important things. Each of those, in in its own way, is a fantastic priority, a worthy thing to care for and to honor. Abraham prioritized things like that. He prioritized God's call in his life. He prioritized his responsibilities and became very successful. He prioritized his relationship with the people around him, his family, Lot, and took care of his nephew, Lot, uh, during uh, his time with him. But when God brought the pain, the command to sacrifice his son, Abraham had to ask the question, what's important? Really? And that pain has probably asked you the same kind of question. What's important to you? Really? Pain asks that kind of question. Hmm. It speaks to us about that. I want to tell you some reasons God should be the answer to that. And one of those reasons is because of his provision. If you value milk, then you, not, you ought to value the dairy farmer, right? Because without the dairy farmer, you have no milk. And if you value education, then you ought to value those who provide the education, the educators. And if you value your life, then you should value the one who provides it, who gives it, God. Abraham saw God as a provider of everything. And so he made God the priority in his life. You prioritize God because of his provision. You prioritize him because of his power. He has power to help us, power to sustain us, power to transform us. All hail the power of Jesus' name. He has the power. You know, a few thousand years after this, after Abraham goes up this mountain, when the New Testament comes along, the author of Hebrews says this. He says, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead he reasoned that God had the power. And in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. We prioritize God because of his provision, because of his power, and countless other reasons. But I want to say that the reason we prioritize God, we should the most, is because of his person. And what I mean is we prioritize God because of who he is, we prioritize God because God is God and we're going to talk about that in Romans chapter 1 in just a few minutes. That's another passage of scripture. If you want to flip over there, we'll be reading three or four verses from there in Romans 1. But before we read that, I want to suggest this. If God never shows his provision, he is still worthy. His worth does not depend on our appreciation of what he provides. And if he never shows his power, God is still worthy. Because his value does not depend on whether or not we're amazed by the power he has and what he does. He is still worthy. He is still God. And that is enough. It is not just the place that God holds of being top priority It is the person that he is, it is his identity, his being, requires that he be recognized as worthy, that he be the top priority in our life. In the book of Romans, which is the most theological book probably in all the Bible, in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing the words that God is giving him to write, the Holy Spirit breathing these words, he begins by talking about the source of all all our woes and he says this in verse 18 he says the wrath of god is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness since what may be known about god is plain to them because god has made it plain to them for since the creation of the world god's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Did you hear that one verse, the one I put on the screen? That although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. Bottom line, they failed to prioritize him. And that took them to the place of being objects of his wrath. They failed to give him the place he deserved. God deserves to be worshipped simply because he is God. And prioritization of God is the right and just and fair and proper response of all of us who had been created by him. Now, you may not have thought of this, but there are some, surprising, some surprisingly good things that come with putting God in that number one spot. There are surprises that come when God is made our top priority. Remember that when you have the wrong priorities in place, you begin to feel entitled. I have my rights. That's kind of the sentence of the entitled. I'm not saying you don't have rights. I'm not saying that at all. You do. And you do need to be willing to stand up for what is right. But when you make standing up for your rights your number one passion and your number one priority, you become a bit of a miserable person. Miserable to others and miserable to yourself. In contrast, when God is your number one priority, everything changes. Because he is the key to the prioritization of everything else that needs to be in place in your life. When God is in the number one slot, you discover a freedom from entitlement that is actually a blessing to you. This week, I stumbled upon an article online by an author I don't know, Dr. Stosny. The name of the article is what caught my attention. It was this, Anger in the age of entitlement. And he writes this. He says, entitlement is considering your right to do something or get something as being superior to the rights of those who may want you to do or get something else. And you can see that ethically, that might be a wrong thing. But then the author goes on to say this, and this is what I'd like you to hear. He says, when people feel entitled, they are not merely disappointed When others fail to accommodate their presumed rights, they feel cheated and wronged. They get angry. (laughs) Angry. Is that the way you want to feel? I don't want to feel angry. I mean, when I feel angry, I'm not happy with myself. No one else is happy to be around me when I feel angry. But until God is my number one priority, and I am living that way, anger will be a frequent disposition in my life. I will feel angry because I will feel entitled to whatever it is that I have prioritized in life. And when I don't get it, you get it, right? But when I restructure my priorities, when I put God in a place that he belongs, then I operate from a different perspective. I understand that all is grace and I have less anger. I'm far less self-centered. I'm pleasant to be around. And I'm more at peace and my anxiety is lower. You understand when I make God that priority, everything changes. What's important really? God. God is important really. And when you make him your first priority, you find freedom from fighting for that which he already graciously supplies. Another surprise in making God a top your top priority is when you relinquish entitlement, you actually become profoundly aware of. Of genuine blessing. When we begin to realize, when we begin to realize the importance of God and place him in that spot, then we see genuine value and things we might not have seen it in before. Samuel Chan wrote a book called Leadership Pain. In fact, this entire sermon series is from about two pages in that book. In that book, he says something really profound along these lines of entitlement. Let me read it to you. It's only a half a dozen sentences. When our sense of entitlement fades, with appropriately grieving hearts, we confess our sin. We accept the wonder of God's forgiveness and thank him for so many things he has graciously provided. Even if the barn is empty and the cupboards are bare and the natives are hostile, we can give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. We have him. He has us. And maybe for the first time, that is enough. What's important, really? God. God. And when you make him your first priority, that is when you really begin to see how blessed you are. And it is when you really understand the value of the good things he's put into your life. And you really understand how trivial so many of the things you were, you were on fire about previously, how trivial those things really are. Yeah. It surprises us that when we make God our priority, we get freedom from entitlement. And we get awareness of genuine blessing. And we also get just a sense of eternity that we didn't have before. We develop an eternal perspective when we make God our first priority. And the things of this world don't seem to be as important as they were. And indeed, the things of this world are passing away. But eternity, wow, having that perspective, That changes everything. Everything. When I read to you the Samuel Chand quote, uh, there was scripture in there. I'd like to read it to you again. Listen to what it says. And giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son. He loves in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. You see, when you have that eternal perspective, then you realize it was a good idea to make God my treasure, to make him my number one priority. What's important, really? God. (laughs) God. And when you make him your first priority, it shifts your perspective from the mundane grind of the everyday to the glory of looking into eternity. Hey, let's go back to Abraham's pain for a minute. Can we do that? It didn't ask the question, what's important, really? It screamed that question. Put yourself in that man's sandals for a minute. It screamed, what's important, Really. And Abraham's response was an emphatic God. God is important. God is my priority. He is the one I trust. And that was a good decision. It was well reasoned faith. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Abraham could only have reasoned that if he knew God if he prioritized God, if he honored God, if he lived for God. I want to pray that you and I could do that very thing. Would you unite your heart with me in prayer? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your great love for who you are, we're thankful for your provision, for your sustaining power. We're thankful for your love and your grace. We're thankful for Jesus and his coming to the cross on our behalf. We know that without him, we would have no hope for eternity. But because of him, as we turn our hearts toward him, he becomes the lamb that was slain for our sin in our life. And we give you glory for that. We give you praise for that, God. Thank you for that. And yet we recognize that apart from all these things, you would be worthy of our prioritization and worthy of our honor. We give you that. We think of the things that we tend to idolize, the things that we tend to be entitled about, the things that tend to set us off when they're threatened. Holy Spirit, with your help, we surrender those. We let go of those. We lay those down on the altar even as Abraham laid his son on the altar. And we worship you. We trust you. We love you. We follow you. God, when pain asks, what's important really? Our response, may it be that you are the one who is important really. This we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.